Welcome to Wines We Drink, a podcast for wine lovers and learners. I'm Charlotte Norsworthy, and together with my counterpart, Keith Herndon, we'll be exploring a new wine each week. Keith is a lover of wine, and I am a learner of wine. We hope you'll learn and sip along with us, too. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Wines We Drink. I'm your co-host, Charlotte Norsworthy, and I'm here with my counterpart, Keith Herndon. Welcome, Keith. Hey, thanks for having me along on this journey. I'm personally so excited to go on this journey with you, particularly because of how much you know about wines and how little I know about them. So, Keith, what can our audience expect from this show? Well, we named the podcast Wines We Drink for a reason. This episode, we're going to kind of walk through our next our plan for the next few episodes. But beginning with our second episode, we're going to open a bottle of wine each week and drink it. So obviously, though, I think if that's all we did, it'd be kind of a boring show. So we're really going to explore the stories behind the bottles of wine we drink. And, and we think that, that our listeners will hopefully find new wines, find new ways to think about wines. Uh, the show is designed, I think, more for the beginner or the novice, but we think there will be some things that more connoisseurs or aficionados of wine will find interesting. Uh, but the whole point of this is wine is supposed to be fun, and so we're going to have some fun with the show. Well, I'm looking forward to that. So first, I'd want to know, how has your enthusiasm for wine evolved over the years? Well, I got started um, in the late 80s uh, with wanting to learn more about wine and, and make it a part of my uh, my existence, if you will. Uh, my wife and I uh, uh, was attending a conference in Northern California, and we got invited uh, to go up to a luncheon that was being held in a wine cave in a nice uh, Napa Valley uh, Valley winery. And uh, that was just an epiphany for me. You know, having this wonderful wine paired with these wonderful dishes and the experience of a wine cave in the country's wine region. And so it just lit a spark. Um, And and, uh, over time, I had other moments where it just kind of kicked in my wine education, if you will. About a decade after that, I had happened to be at a corporate dinner, and um, my boss was uh, sparing no expense in the uh, run-up to the, uh, the dot-com bubble, and uh, we uh, were enjoying some very nice wines in a restaurant in, uh, uh, in the Silicon Valley. And uh, uh, the experience of having these really, really exquisite wines kick my experience into a whole nother level. And then from there, my wife and I have traveled all over the world to visit different wineries and different places and, and just made it an education. Well, when the pandemic happened, we were not able to do our normal wine trips. Uh, I kind of looked in there inward and began some training online. And um, I have to say, I became obsessed with it. <laughs> As you, as you can see in the wine room that we're uh, recording this, I have uh, quite a few certificates that have been collected over the course of the last year or so. Um, but, I, but I just became passionate about learning more about it, and, uh, and that allowed me to get some certifications and, and, and take the wine enthusiasm into a different uh, level. Well, I have to say I have probably the opposite level of experience. My experience in wine is very novice, and I'll be honest, I tend to be rather intimidated by the wine world. 
there's sweet, there's dry, there's red, there's white, and don't even get me started on food pairings. So for those of you listening, if this sounds like you, I think you'll be able to benefit from all of us learning together. Uh, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to learning from you and learning from this process. So we've planned out the next five weeks. Let's give our listeners a rundown of what we have in mind for the wines we plan to drink with them. Some may want to find the bottle we'll be discussing or a close approximation of that beverage and drink along with us each week. That's a great idea. Um, I think the best way to learn about wine and to begin understanding all of what I call its beautiful nuances is to drink all sorts of wines. Uh, I think uh, people get in a wine rut and they think, oh, I'm only a white wine drinker, or I only like bold reds, or I only like sweet wine, or I like dry wine, and, and, and they limit themselves when they do that. So this, post, this podcast, I think what we want to do is to try different wines and to engage in the story that comes along with every bottle and, you know, of course, not everybody that's listening is going to like everything. That's, that's not the point, right? But it's still okay to appreciate that someone might like that wine and understand the craftsmanship that someone put into making that. It starts in the vineyard with the grape grower, and then it goes into the, you know, the winemaking process and the winemaker. And all of that craftsmanship, I think, is just so phenomenal and so fascinating to understand. And um, so we're going to talk about that <clears throat> with each bottle that we drink. And uh, hopefully that will give our listeners a, uh, a deep appreciation for uh, what goes into every bottle. Absolutely. And we're going to begin next week with drinking our first bottle for this podcast. We're starting with a Cabernet Sauvignon. So why did you decide to start with that varietal? Well, I think it's important to start with Cabernet Sauvignon because it is the most grown grape around the world for making wine. So if we're going to start somewhere, let's start with number one, right? right. <laughs> you know, uh, so I think, I think that's, that was my rationale for starting there. Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon is... Um, I would just say it's ubiquitous in the wine world. Well, why why is it number one? What makes it so popular? Well, first of all, it's a you know it's a thick skin grape, and uh, that makes a wine that is really structured and and flavorful. Um, uh, these grapes require a long growing season, but otherwise they're not as challenging to grow as some of the other varietals, and they grow in a variety of different uh, climates and and soil conditions and, and things, the, this variety of conditions, I think, makes it popular, right? Because it can be, can be grown in so many places. Uh, France is Bordeaux region, uh, made Cabernet Sauvignon famous. Uh, but I'm extremely partial to Cabernet Sauvignon from California's Napa Valley. So next week, we're going to drink one of my all-time favorites, which is a 2012 vintage from the Maryville Winery in St. Helena. Wow, well, I've already learned so much, and I've been looking forward to tasting our first wine ever since you sent me our planning notes several weeks ago, so my appetite is screaming at me. So where do we go after Cabernet Sauvignon? Well, for our second bottle, we're going to be staying on the West Coast, but we're going to go north into Oregon's Willamette Valley for another red wine, and this time it will be a Pinot Noir. And what do you like about that varietal? Well, Pinot Noir is, I guess, most famous as France is great Burgundy Reds, okay? And, and uh, they're known for their complexity, 
right? But I like the way Oregon's vineyards express this grape, and I like how the winemakers there bring out this uh, red fruit flavors that we find in the Pinot Noir grape. You'll, you'll find lots of Pinot Noir that have really heavy notes of cherry, for example. And so we're going to be drinking a 2013 vintage from the Archery Summit Winery. Well, again, this sounds like a great beginning for wines we drink. After those two reds, we're going to explore two white varietals, Chardonnay and Chenin Blanc. Yes, for our Chardonnay, we're going to drink a wonderful example from Napa Valley's Farniente. Uh, it's a very popular 2017 vintage. And for our Chenin Blanc, we're going to be taking our taste buds all the way to the Western Cape of South Africa for a 2018 vintage from Arabella. Um, Chenin Blanc has long been associated with France's Loire Valley, but here again, you know, I'm not taking anything away from the French, but those are the classics. You know, we talked about Bordeaux, and we talked about Burgundy, and we talked about, you know, just mentioned the Loire Valley. So in this podcast, I'm taking people outside of France, you know, outside of where these traditional vintages are grown and became famous. So, you know, we're going to Napa. And then in this case, we're going to uh, the South African Western Cape. I think when you look at what the South Africans are doing in Chenin Blanc, uh, they're creating some wonderful wines from this grape. And you get some value that's almost unbeatable. And, and I'll explain, explain more about that when we get to the Chenin Blanc episode, which I think is scheduled for episode five. And episode six in this opening arc of Wines We Drink calls for a celebration. And there's nothing that says celebration better than sparkling wine. But we're not drinking champagne in episode six. A couple of years ago, we were at a conference together in a place very few people would associate with quality wine. But man, were we in for a treat. Please tell our listeners about the sparkling wine we've chosen. Yes, um, you know, and, and uh, I think it's kind of arbitrary that we decided that we were going to just start celebrating with episode six. Uh, that's as far as we've gotten in our planning notes at this point, right? <laughs> we wanted to see how these episodes uh, worked and, um, and, uh, and maybe getting some feedback from our, from our listeners as we plan the, the next uh, arc of episodes. So we thought that taking a pause at episode six and, 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 and celebrating is, uh, is what we want to do. And clearly, sparkling wine is for celebrations, right? Um, champagne from France is the most famous sparkling wine. But winemakers across the globe make all kinds of excellent sparkling wines, okay? So champagne is a sparkling wine, but not all sparkling wines are champagne, right? Got it. Champagne, <laughs> yeah, ch champagne can only come from the Champagne region of France, right? To be legally called champagne, it has to be uh, grown and made in Champagne, the Champagne region of France. But that doesn't mean that there aren't lots of other great sparkling wines. For example, there's Cava from Spain and Prosecco from Italy. Those are two other famous examples of, of a sparkling wine, right? So um, I think that there's uh, kind of just a misconception about sparkling wines in general, but uh, we still kind of call some of those other wines champagne, even though they're not champagne officially. But in many cases, they're made using the traditional champagne method. So uh, they're very close in spirit to what the champagne makers in France have in mind with that type of a sparkling, uh, that sparkling wine. 
So you're right. When we were at the conference together a few years ago, we certainly were not in Champaign for that conference. And uh, I agree with you that not many people would associate this place with wine because we were in New Mexico, right? And uh, so, yes, when we get to episode six, we're going to be popping the cork on a bottle of bubbly produced by the Gruet Winery in Albuquerque using the traditional method and made with 100% Pinot Meunier grapes. I'm just going to tell people now, get prepared, because trust us, it's delicious. Oh, yeah. And I can't wait for us to celebrate our sixth episode milestone with a couple of flutes of Gruet Bubbly. Oh, I'm already looking forward to it. And this has been such a fun conversation today, laying out our plans for the next five weeks. We hope you'll join us and bring along some friends each week as we explore the wines we drink. We'll be back in a moment to wrap up this inaugural episode with an educational feature, our weekly wine word. So we're planning to spend a few minutes at the end of each episode defining a wine word. We hear and read a lot of phrases as we explore wine, so we hope this feature will broaden your understanding, and mine for that matter, of the world of wine. So what's our first wine word? This week's wine word is terroir. Terroir. Yeah. T-E-R-R-O-I-R. Right. Terroir. Okay, so this word essentially captures what we hope this podcast will teach people about wine, that every bottle has a story to tell because it comes from a unique place. Wine can transport our senses to its place of origin. And I think that's one of the powerful things about wine. So terroir is a French word where much of its meaning can be lost in translation because it refers to all of the conditions associated with a vineyard and the winemaking process. It encompasses climate, even microclimate, soil, topography, geography, and other characteristics that might affect the wine of a particular site. For example, wine that grows on the side of a hill and how it gets sunlight at certain parts of a day, how the winds come in, whether it's coastal or inland, and all of those things make up that. So to understand the meaning of terroir means to understand that it does not equal soil. It's not just about the earth, right? It's a much broader concept that also embraces man's influence in the winemaking process because we're talking about agriculture, right? If, if it weren't for man, there wouldn't be any vineyards without that human intervention, right? So Torah must be understood as this holistic concept. Uh, it's the sum of all parts that make wine unique. The sun, the water, the winds, the soil, and human skill that come together. So uh, <clears throat> I wanted to use that as the first word because I really do believe that that captures the spirit of us trying to choose a wine each week and tell the story of that particular wine and, and emphasizing its origin, where it came from. Every wine has a story and, you know, oftentimes you share wine with others and create new stories. So hearing you talk about this week's wine word, terroir, underscores all that we can explore on our journey to understand wine. We're going to have some fun in the coming weeks. Yes, I believe we will. I'm, I'm excited about this. And, you know, when we talked about this, uh, this idea for this podcast a, a, few, a few months ago, uh, you know, I, I just want to thank you for joining me on this. You know, as, as we wrap up the first episode, I, I want to give a 
you know, a couple of shout outs to some uh, institutions that I think have been instrumental in the formal side of my wine education. Um, up until this past year, I had been mostly self-taught and, and not necessarily self-taught because I learned so much from all of the people that we've met at the various wineries that, that I've, that I've toured and, and tasted from and, 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 and uh, the wine stores and the sommiers at various restaurants. You know, it's, a, it's been a process of just gleaning all of this information, you know, from uh, uh, the many years that I've been, been drinking wine. But as I mentioned earlier in this last year, um, I turned in, inward and, and started more formal training to understand. And so first, I, I want to give a shout out to the Napa Valley Wine Academy. Uh, they provided me some very important foundational instruction. Um, and then the Asia Pacific Wine and Spirit Institute has provided a platform for me to really grow my wine knowledge and an appreciation of that. And I want to give a special thanks to its leader and, and my emerging wine mentor, uh, Dr. Clinton Lee. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And please join us for the next episode when we taste and discuss Cabernet Sauvignon on the wines we drink. Thanks, Charlotte. Thanks so much, Keith. Thanks for listening to Wines We Drink. Listen to our other episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you'll be the first to listen to future episodes. And follow us on Twitter at Wines We Drink and Instagram at The Wines We Drink. Cheers. Cheers.